Welcome back to another episode of Authentic Influence. I'm your host, Adam Connor. Normally on this show, we talk with individual brands and their CMOs about how they become more authentic in their marketing and messaging. First off, if you're new to this podcast, welcome. Um, That's basically what we do here, and I hope that you stay connected with us, and I'll talk a little bit after this interview about how you can do that. But today, we're going to talk with somebody who founded an agency. We've done that a little bit in the past, uh, and I'm excited to be able to approach that again. Specifically today, we are on with Jason Harris, who is co-founder and CEO of Mechanism. Now, Mechanism has done a a number of really amazing campaigns, has a number of fantastic clients that they work with. But more importantly, I think to this conversation, and a particularly relevant reason as to why we had the conversation, he's also just recently written a book called The Soulful Art of Persuasion, The 11 Habits That Will Make Anyone a Master Influencer. Now maybe you understand why I had to reach out. So we had this great conversation about how he is enticing brands to become more authentic in its messaging and how they tell better stories and how they develop better relationships. And what I also really appreciated and didn't totally expect was a a pretty candid piece of the conversation talking about the uh, Peloton ad that happened late 2019. As I saw it, there were two pretty different feedback loops going on there, those who were part of the family and those who weren't. And of course, you may have seen some backlash or other response to it as well. So I thought that was a particularly interesting opportunity to be able to talk with the guy that founded the agency that uh, was over that. That's just a little part of it, though. It's around the middle of the interview. And of course, there's tips and stories packed within. So I hope you enjoy this one. I'll back away now. I'll be back afterwards to tell you how to stay connected. But without further ado, this is from Mechanism, Jason Harris. All right, everybody, I am here with Jason Harris from Mechanism. Jason, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a pleasure to uh, to hear from you in, in scheduling this and also to, to read your book. I want to get into that a little bit, but first off, how are you and welcome. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Excited to be on the podcast on this Wednesday. It's a good day to, to talk a little book and a little bit about the company. Good. I uh, Yeah, that's the first thing I, I wanted to touch on a little bit here because as I told you in pre, and and, and folks, uh, Jason has written a really incredible book called The Soulful Art of Persuasion, the subtitle being The 11 Habits That Will Make Anyone a Master Influencer. And you, and you know from the conversations I have here that we talk a lot about how brands are, are doing that today, how to make everybody an influencer. So it was a particularly good read and uh, because of that, but also just because uh, in and of itself, it's extremely high quality. One of the top reviews out there says it's like a how to win friends and influence people for the uh, for the modern era. So I'd I'd encourage you to read it. There's our plug, Jason. We got that out of the way. But right, uh, like yeah, I, like I want to um, let me start with asking, like, what was the inspiration behind writing writing that, and, and what what do you think has been the most rewarding thing uh, from from getting that uh, down on the page? Well, I um, the sort of uh, impetus to write it. It took me about three years. It was about a three year project. Uh, is that I I constantly reading books about business or selling or pitching and a lot of self-improvement books as well. And I found that in general, the sort of philosophy out there, uh, as I was reading a lot of a lot of books, I just didn't really find myself practicing. And I felt that I had taken a different path in building my company and in the way I sort of look at relationships that seemed kind of obvious to me from a lot of uh, successes and failures. And I didn't see anything, any text out there that really 
match the way that I was thinking and the way that I was selling and building the business. And so as, as I sort of read these and obviously some things would apply, but a lot of things wouldn't, uh, I would, I thought, well, this, I feel like there's something here about my approach that's different. And so that was sort of the idea uh, that sort of spawned it. And as I started thinking about stories and principles that I follow, it really helped me solidify a framework, uh, really things that I started doing over time. It sort of helped me master this framework that I put into place. And um, I realized that I had something that was a little bit different. And I think in the modern era of distrust, the, the sort of soulful piece is more relevant and more important than ever to, to make a difference and to break through. And uh, for folks, once once you check out this book, and I hope you do, I'll leave a link in the show notes as well. Uh, that soulful piece is uh, roughly a quarter of the of the habits or two out of the 11, but uh, two large ones that uh, that you should read up on. It's something that I hadn't read in a book either. And, and Jason, you and I are alike there where I read plenty of uh, self-improvement books, those, at least I perceive them to be like the most nutritionally dense in terms of like what I can learn. Uh, and yeah, this one just had a little bit of a different feel to it. And I really don't put a lot into practice. Matter of fact, I get through with a lot of those books and I just, uh, I end up forgetting a lot of it and I end up not writing notes and things like that. Um, this one was not like that. In fact, it's still, I finished it a couple weeks ago and it still sits on my nightstand because I go back to it oh, every that. now and again. Um, so yeah, that, so that, that, just hearing that feedback, that's the rewarding part for me is to really help everyone in all aspects of business. You're persuading people all day long. You're persuading in your personal life. You're persuading for you. You're persuading people to listen to the podcast, come on the podcast. You're persuading people in your personal life to take a trip, see a movie, go to the restaurant of your choice. You're, you know, there's sort of the micro moments all day long of uh, persuasion. And I think if, if I can help people think about the way they want to approach uh, changing opinions and this sort of human commonality that I write about in the book, then that's really what the book is for. And to put a little bit of that energy out into the universe, that's the most rewarding part of it. Now you've been able to put plenty of energy like this out into the universe through through mechanism. Let, let's let's start with the uh, let's start with the questioning there. Is like why uh, why did you found it? What was the inspiration behind founding mechanism uh, some fourteen years ago? So the the idea behind the agency was really uh, I kind of always knew I wanted to start something. When I was twelve, I knew I wanted to be in advertising, which is very unusual. Yeah. It seems uh, awfully young to know that that's the thing. Young. I know, but I was, I was a total, that's when TV really ruled the day before the rise of social. And I would always watch those entertaining units between the shows I would watch. And I realized that that's a business and people are selling products and that's someone's job is to work on those commercials between the shows. And I thought that seems like a really fun career and i always studied commercials as a kid i was you know not i wasn't like a video game addict i was sort of played sports but really i loved entertainment and, and tv in particular so when i was from a young age knew that i wanted a career in advertising and as i got into advertising i realized that 
I would pick just like you do when you read books or when you're learning from people, you sort of pick the pieces that you resonate with that you see effective and you drop the way of inspiring and leading and managing that you don't like. And so I was sort of grew up in advertising agencies uh, and I realized I would learn and cut my teeth through working at agencies to eventually apply what I liked and drop what I didn't like and start something uh, a little bit different. And so that was sort of the idea. I always knew that that was going to happen. I didn't know when. And so I founded the company with uh, three other friends of mine. And yeah, we've been going for about 14 years now. It's been a wonderful journey, I'm sure. I wish we could get into all all of those years here on the show, but I, I'll just fast forward to today where um, it, it doesn't take uh, too deep of a search to see all of the brands who are, who are currently you know, taking advantage of your expertise and, and, and mechanisms prowess in this field. And it seems clear enough to me that that passion for uh, the, you know, the, the commercials that you see between shows that you did see between shows has, has started to come through. And specifically, I, I want to know because I want to know about how you are pushing brands to just be generally more emotive in their work and, and, and connecting with consumers in, in an authentic way. And, and here's why, because uh, something that I've learned through this podcast over the last year and a couple months, is that uh, more than ever, and it's because of that distrust that you mentioned at the beginning, uh, brands have to do more than ever to come off as not as corporate as they used to or not as brandy as they used to. They, they need to show stories. They need to story tell and to story make. Um, so I'm, I'm curious as you know the head of the ship here, what do you do day to day to help your team get better at in their client work to help those sort of sentiments come through in, in the product that ultimately is delivered? Well, there's sort of two parts to it. One part is the culture piece, the way, the things that you believe in as a company so that people understand how you approach relationships and how you approach working with clients and building brands. So there's sort of one piece, which is like, the company ethos that you want and how you work with people. And then the other part is the way that we come up with strategies and the work that we're going to create, which is um, there's a couple parts to that. One is that we believe inherently that people don't like advertising. They hate advertising, but they love stories. And so we're always thinking, and I know it's, it's overplayed and I'm sure a lot of, uh, CMOs talk about this all the time on your podcast, but storytelling is fundamental to getting people attracted to your brand. That's sort of one piece is not to think about it as advertising uh, features and benefits, but really advertising the story that comes out of the product or service or the community that could come out of uh, being bonded together by the brand or the company. And so through that lens of storytelling, we always think about that idea and we we always think about the core of the brand. What is the idea behind the brand? Where did it start? Why did someone start the company? And it always kind of goes, the answer is always there when you're thinking about creating work and the strategy behind it. It's always in the creation of the company and it companies usually start for a specific reason and they can certainly evolve and change over time. 
but it's always good to go back to that core and we you know that's what we believe in like the core heart of the brand figuring out a way to tell that story and then a couple really simple principles that we follow is whenever you're doing any type of advertising whether it's social digital or some above the line work you always think about the simple what the story is how to make it really simple you don't want to tell complex stories you want a simple clear story you want it to be consistent over time you don't want to keep changing your story because then no one knows what the heart of the brand is a lot of times new cmos for example will come into a brand that's doing well and they will want to revamp the story or put their stamp on it when there's a whole audience and community behind that brand that believes in that brand but they'll want to come in and shake things up and leave their personal imprint which is really damaging uh oftentimes to a brand so i think you know, thinking about story, keeping it simple, and then really trying to be consistent with it over time is how you build the world's best brands. And when it comes to, uh, you know, showing these stories and telling these stories, I have also perceived, and again, this is more from the brand side over the past, um, you know, roughly 50 CMOs that I've talked to. Um, a lot of people are talking about how it's becoming important in theory and actually difficult in execution uh, to get like those real consumer stories, you know, like real, like maybe it's a customer of a brand. Maybe it's somebody who's impacted by a a charitable initiative. Maybe it's somebody who is particularly moved to do something on social impact uh, in social impact. But I'm curious as to your take here. I mean, is that a priority for mechanism in the work that it does to, to leverage real consumers or, or is it taken opportunistically? And regardless, do you think that that is a trend that will continue to be important and continue to be uh, prioritized going forward? Definitely. And I know you subscribe to that belief as well, but the idea behind, you know, it's why influencers are so powerful. When you're talking about a trusted source promoting a product it's why you know reviews you know it's why my amazon reviews are important for my book it's why yelp is important the idea of the actual end user the community or audience helping to push and talk about the values of that product or service is going to become more and more important and having those voices rise to the to the top of the marketing funnel is critical. And I think you have to figure out ways to do that. So if we're working on a brand, we might do a high-end glossy brand spot that's emotional so that you feel what the brand is trying to communicate. And then through digital and social content, you want that to be the story to be told, whatever that story is, through the eyes of uh, members, or the audience. And you can't do that in an artificial way. It always has to be real people. Uh, It can't be acting or stage because that's kind of the worst thing you can do. But we are always looking at that one-two punch of big brand building. How do you make something that is emotional and, and quite frankly, bigger than just a member story? It has to feel uh, like a larger scale, more important uh, piece of, of content or uh, ad. 
and then you supplement that with real users, real member stories. Those voices have to be raised. So that's something that, I mean, I'm totally in line with that philosophy. That one-two punch is what makes a brand really powerful, really fast. It's interesting you mentioned. That. I got so I have, I have two questions. I have a broad question. And I have a specific question to follow that. Um, you and I are totally aligned here. By the way, uh, we agree completely on on where we see it going. Um, the first is with regard to that trend. Uh, which in, which industries? And it, you know, feel free to mention if there are specific clients that are doing it with mechanism. I'm sure that would be helpful. Uh, are doing that really well, or perhaps capturing that trend early? And uh, I mean, are there industries that you think have an opportunity there? You're, you're saying what brands are capturing that early? Yeah, or, or just, or are there specific industries in general? And if it's brands within that, great. Who are jumping on the wave of using real consumer stories and, and positioning them centrally? Like, who's doing that really well? Like, who's the North Star? Who should we look to? That's a great, that's a great question. Um, I know we, we personally have done that with uh, a lot of brands. Uh, we also use a lot of uh, social uh, platforms like TikTok's been great for this. Um, Twitter has been really uh, incredible for this. But I think the maybe if we talk broadly category, I feel like sort of health and fitness is one category that that's front and center. They do that incredibly well. Uh, it's really prime to to what they do. It's really front and center. And I'm an industry that probably does it. Uh, I'd say travel does it really well as well. I'd say uh, an industry that probably does it less would be, or maybe even they don't do it right is I would say like the financial industry tries to tell member stories or consumer stories, but they're usually acted stories. They're usually fake stories that are supposed to feel real. So I think that's a massive miss. And then uh, the auto industry, again, kind of does, I mean, you can think of some of those commercials that, um, like Dodge, for example, that um, do ads where they, it's all, it's a setup and you're supposed to believe that it's real, but it feels completely phony. It feels like reality TV. So those are ways not to do it. I would say it backfires. Got it. Um, yeah, I, and and I think that uh, what I've I've mentioned a, a whole or I've heard a whole bunch of industries that that could do it better. I think those sort of like, um, I think financials is a great answer there. And we certainly had I've certainly had my share of the financials come on the show and and explain how they're trying to get there. I think they even realize it as well, which is good. Maybe they should call you up. Um, but with regard to those who are doing it well, I want to ask a specific question to meet the broad question um, because. Late last year, we had the, this campaign came out, and I had, I saw two different perspectives, two like polar opposite perspectives. Um, you obviously you'll know it well. I want to I want to ask about Peloton for a second, because with everybody that I knew who have Peloton devices, in fact, I'm sitting in front of one right now. Um, everybody loves loved that 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 spot, and I'm talking about the spot with the woman who goes and like changes her life with a Peloton bike. Well, I know I what spot you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So uh, people, everybody who's a customer, and so so obviously you know the reaction to it, but everybody who I knew who was already in that community loved it. They loved that ad. And, and, and I talked with a bunch of folks about this because I wanted to see, because there was, of course, on the other side, the feedback from people who, 
and I honestly, people who were not yet in the Peloton family, uh, just couldn't access it. They, they just didn't, they couldn't relate to it as well. Um, and I have, because you mentioned that, like, you don't want things to backfire. I guess I want to ask, what did you learn the most from that experience? Because in my opinion, there were, there were two totally different views based on like how familiar you were with a brand already. And I'm sure you guys got a bunch of feedback too. So I feel like I got to ask based on what we were just talking about. Um, yeah, I mean, the feedback was, you know, there's, there was sort of a lot that happened with that particular, uh, spot and, and we do, you know, for Peloton, we do, you know, dozens and dozens of, uh, pieces of content every year. And we actually do, we've done a whole, this, the approach I was really talking about because they are a community led, as you know, uh, being a writer, they're a community based company. Like that is their secret sauce is that they have a community that is connected virtually whenever you, whenever you ride and it's very powerful and they have, they're very powerful groups on all the social platforms Mm -hmm. as well. And so we do unearth a lot of real member stories that we put out content uh, online for. And then we do, you know, we've probably done like at this point, 50 advertising spots to get the brand out there. So we use that one, two punch super effectively for Peloton. This one, and, and that's sort of why I see them as different. I don't see member community stories as effectively being used for big brand campaigns. And that spot was actually set up in a way that we were talking about, which was a member journey used as a brand piece that didn't come off and didn't land with the larger, broader audience correctly. And if you were a Peloton rider, you kind of get that it's not, Peloton's not about losing weight or being fit solely. That's a piece of it, but it's also about mental health and trying to inspire other people to be the best version of themselves. It's really what it's all about. And that spot came off because it was shown in really, it was shown in high frequency and it was shown in really big places um, that it didn't land unless you were in the target audience. Uh, it It didn't reach the mass audience in the right way it didn't land correctly um was it did it deserve the backlash that it got and uh no but that that's how you know when one one thing gets posted on twitter people just run with it and that's what happened with that particular spot yeah things certainly do uh snowball in that in that regard but yeah i just figured to ask about it because it um again i just saw those two very different approaches to it um Anyway, and, and Peloton's great, by the way. I'm sure you guys have done a lot to uh, to boost a, their yeah, presence. We've been with them for five years, really building them from uh, not a lot of not a lot of awareness to helping work with their team to, you know, make being them huge, uh, being yeah, a huge, yeah. being a helpful name. And I think that um, that's a good example of learning and understanding when something doesn't land about keeping the sort of member piece brand piece um in different media types to to be the most effective Mm. that's interesting too um well you know in 
it's not quite a segue. It's 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 going to be an attempted one, but you know, going going forward, whether it's using certain types of stories and different media types or or otherwise. What are the, some of the newest ways in which you and the team there at Mechanism is helping its partners to build these relationships with consumers, um, whether that be from a broad branding message or whether that be your more personalized one-to-one approach? Yeah, I mean, we we really do a lot of, you know, I think we were one of the first agencies to do a brand partnership on TikTok and TikTok's all about challenges and tapping into the eye. We, we did it for a Coke brand called Peace Tea and we created a challenge where you know PC is trying to make the online on, you know create less bullying it's a product but they have a higher mission of trying to create a kinder internet and we did a challenge on TikTok where we were asking people on TikTok who would normally potentially be putting maybe not the most um, uh, positive messages out there trying to get people to laugh to try to come up with positive messages. And it was one of the biggest challenges ever on TikTok. And it was uh, paid for by the brand. So we, we always try to look at what the brand's trying to do, who the audience is, and then what is the right platform on social to have those one-on-one relationships with consumers. And it's almost always going to be uh, getting the con- giving the consumers an idea or a framework and letting them run with their imaginations uh, brought to you by the brand and that brand creates a one-on-one relationships from consumer to their audience, consumer to their audience. And it's very effective. Uh, not all the time, but a lot of times it can be super, super, um, positive. Yeah. TikTok has just been a crazy good platform for this. I, and I, I assume you guys had something to do, probably all to do with the huge, uh, EOS campaign or EOS. How do you say that one? I actually, don't yeah. yeah, we did. That was our set. Yeah, that was our second big TikTok campaign that we did with EOS. And that's another great example of leaning into what their ethos is and then bringing it to the audience and letting the audience uh, let their imagination carry the brand, the core of the brand or the heart of the brand forward. Um, So, yeah, we believe in this stuff wholeheartedly. And, you know, it's a little uncontrolled because if you put something out there, and you try to say, this is what we stand for. Let's see what you would do with it. You never know what you're going to get back, but you have to have trust that consumers and your your audience is going to get it. And they're going to come up with great ideas that you never thought of. So you have to have a little trust there, but it can also, um, doesn't always go smoothly or always go right. But that is the risk that you take when you engage with um, relationships one-on-one and the best way to do that is to let your members or your audience take over. Yep. And I agree. There's definitely a risk reward profile there. And uh, I think folks are just starting to dip their toes in the water there because I don't think a lot of brands would love to put, and and you want to talk about financials for a second. I mean, like for sure, I'd see that would be a problem there. Uh, Financials don't want to put their name and logo next to something that even, even misrepresents a product. If somebody is trying to talk about a product, I mean, there's crazy regulation. So I get it. Um, believe me. I guess it's yeah. on that note that I want to I want to close with and ask for some advice. And you might just end up repeating what you just said, Jason. So apologies in advance. But uh, the show's listeners primarily are uh, folks who are in marketing, people who are trying to build their own brands, whether that's a, as a sole proprietor or in a in a huge conglomerate. Um, but generally, uh, they come here for thought leadership on how folks should be building more 
authentic messages and more authentic brands and, and in your case, uh, help help tell the most authentic stories. And so I suppose uh, in desire of that advice, I would ask, what are some of your top tips to, to get on the path to becoming more authentic? And I'm hoping that you can rely both on what you just said as well as some of the things that you wrote in your book to, to help me out there. Yeah, I think that's... Um... That's a really good question without a necessarily simple answer. But in my, so on my, my personal approach is, you know, I laid out four overarching principles, guiding principles that I talk about in the book and, and that hopefully resonate with, with people. And that's about being original, being generous, being empathetic and being soulful. And those four principles i think they can apply to personal your personal brand they can also apply uh to brands and if those aren't principles that are right for your brand it's incumbent on the marketing team and or the agency to figure out what are those four or five guiding principles for the brand and how do you live up to those values and if you're a brand that is only chasing the latest pop culture trend or the latest social uh, good initiative, then you're clearly just trying to ride the wave of pop culture and insert your voice where it probably doesn't belong. So to be more authentic in marketing uh, for, for a brand or for anyone personally, it's really about being more human. And as a human, you have a way of working and thinking in a set of beliefs. And the brand has to outline what those beliefs and principles are and then stick to them and not deviate from them and don't come up with a whole slew of new ones. It has to be real and truthful to the brand. And then you have to apply the way you tell stories, what you react to on social, uh, the type of um, partnerships you make. They have to be truthful to those principles. And if you don't outline those principles and you're just doing it ad hoc, the brand's going to be chaotic and it's going to be a mess. And just like human beings, brands have to be more human. They have to respond in a human way. They have to have personalities and they have to be approachable. And so that's sort of the biggest tip I would have for authentic marketing is think about your brand as a human, not as a brand and set up your principles and stick to them. Well, I think that that's, that's great advice for anybody as a foundation. Um, and, uh, and and to add to it, folks, honestly, if you are looking for more, and I, and I plugged this a couple times, but I'm saying it genuinely, uh, to take a look at this book. I mean, really do. Uh, it's thesoulfulart.com. Start there. All right. Read it out. Um, like I said, I still got this on my nightstand. I think it's a great, I think it's a great piece. Um, so for, for the lessons I learned there before this, but also in, in the lessons that I've learned now and, and the, the great insight you provided, uh, Jason, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Really appreciate the time. All right. Thanks so much for having me, Adam. Thank you so much to Jason Harris from Mechanism for joining the show today. And and thank you again for writing that book. It's still on my nightstand as of today. And uh, you guys can check it out too. Again, thesoulfulart.com. Just give it a read. I promise you it'll be worth the time. If you like this show, here's what you can do to stay in touch. Well, it's really just one thing, but it's important. LinkedIn, you use it. I know you use it. We have a page there for the show. It's called Authentic Influence Podcast. 
It's where all the episodes go. It's where clips from the show go. It's where other information will go about live events which are happening this year. And now I can say that, yes, some are happening. So if you'd like to stay following the show and are already subscribed across podcast directories, which I'd also recommend you do, give us a follow there and never miss anything. I'm also on LinkedIn, Adam Connor. You can write me personally. You can message me saying you like something, you didn't like something. All that works too. I'll be back again on Thursday with another fantastic story about how a brand is becoming more authentic each and every day. And until then, for Authentic Influence, I've been your host, Adam Connor, and you'll hear from me again next time.